ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Are you stick? Hold! Him up! Smoke him! Bring him hard! Ready! Ghostbusters. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me. And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the IPC Podcast. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop now. Um, Yes, Thank guys, you. this is the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. We have an amazing episode for you guys tonight. We're talking about something very special. We teased it last week, and we're going to get into it tonight. Ghostbusters. This has been a long time coming. I just watched this movie for the first time ever. And there's been some other people that have also watched it for the first time, and then some other people that have been watching this movie all their lives. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting thoughts. We're going to have some interesting opinions about this one, and it's going to be an all-around good time. But before we do that, introductions are in order if you are new to the program. My name is Zach. No, not Zach. Ben. Me, Ben. Me, Ben. And also joining me, it is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. Zach what are you busting tonight? Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. This is a PG show. That was a really weird question. I, I swear I'm not drunk. I'm just <laughs> really excited. 
<laughs> I guess I'm busting ghosts because that's what the episode is about. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm just really excited to be here, and I'm I'm excited for the ensemble roundtable that we've got on tap for tonight because, like you said. Some people that are very new to it, some people that, you know, know of it, know a lot of the memes and the references, and then some other people that have basically grown up with this film. So I feel like we've got a really good all-around cast to talk about this film, and uh, we're going to get a lot of varied opinions, I feel like, or or maybe I'll be the one with the varying opinions, who knows. But uh, I'm I'm just excited, because with corona happening there's been a lot of opportunity to kind of do some nostalgia trips, if you will, yeah. some throwbacks to, to go back and, and look at franchises that maybe we wouldn't have had uh, as much time to do with movies like Tenet about to release. Like we probably would have done a Tenet review. We probably would have done um, a new mutants review. You know, there's a lot of films that, you know, uh, black widow was supposed to be coming out this summer. There was a lot of stuff that was supposed to be happening on this summer slate that didn't happen. And it's freed up our schedule a lot to be able to, to kind of delve into the past and and talk about some stuff like Ghostbusters. So I'm excited and I'm I'm ready to, to get chatting about what we've what what all of our thoughts are about this film. It's gonna be good. Absolutely. And also joining us, it is our other good friend, Mr. Jake Damon. What's up with you, man? What's up? Um, you're, you can call me Jake Slimer for this episode if you want. That's what I'll go by, Jake Slimer. Um, I I'm doing pretty good. I am I am still thinking about this movie, uh, which I, yesterday was a big day for me. I watched three movies in one day, which I haven't done that in a long time. I wow. watched Ghostbusters with my wife. And then I watched Pineapple Express, which was hilarious. And then I watched uh, The Machinist with Christian Bale, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Three very different movies. Um, But uh, I had a great, great time watching all of them. And I've been thinking about all of them. Can't wait to talk about Ghostbusters this evening with you guys. Absolutely. And also, we have a very special guest with us tonight you will hear his name many many times he's a patron of the ipc he's a podcaster in his own right and he's just a fantastic friend of ours and we're glad to have him back on the show especially being this momentous occasion because he's like the one person i think of when i think of ghostbusters like the number one ghostbusters fan (laughs) and that is mr joey mays Joey, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Very excited to be back. It's been, I think it's been just a little over a year since I was on the program, so I appreciate you welcoming back. And yes, when you reached out to me uh, earlier this week to say, "Hey, guess what? We are finally doing Ghostbusters," uh, I had to, I had to make sure that I was on the show. So I appreciate <laughs> you uh, welcoming back, and I very much look forward to talking about a topic that I'm pretty sure I've been bugging you to cover for at least three years. So. <laughs> yeah, just just about. It seems like ten at this point because we've just been talking about this forever. And every time you mention on the show, we're like, "Oh, maybe we'll do Ghostbusters one day." And then Joey, we can hear Joey screaming from Pennsylvania, "Do it!" Um, so uh, now we're doing it. It's it. We've all seen the movie, and as I said, I watched it for the first time ever the other night. And uh, yeah, we're gonna get into it. Um, Zach. I want to throw something to you really quick before we get into this, because you were talking about something really interesting off the top of the show, and that is the box office 
for this show, and you yeah. told us yeah. that this is something you've never seen. Out of all the box offices that we've examined for the show, something you've never seen before happened with Ghostbusters. That's that's very true, and uh, I'm I'm glad that you you bring that up because there's there's been a lot of movies like you said that we've talked about. I've I've done box office numbers for things like Pirates of the Caribbean. I've done it for a couple of Star Wars films. Uh, we did it for Shazam and Wonder Woman when we were kind of going through our DC phase, but I, I've I've never seen this from any film before, and uh, it, it really is kind of changing my perspective on it just a little bit bear in mind that this film had a 30 million dollar budget they made this entire film on 30 million dollars which is pretty impressive um but it was it was released in early june like june 7th june 8th was like the opening opening night Mm -hmm. and it ran through the entire summer and the entire fall and the the box office mojo numbers stop on January the 3rd of 1985. Um, throughout that entire time, throughout that entire run from early June to the first few days of January the next year, according to box office mojo, it not once went below the number one ranking in the domestic box office numbers. Wow. That like, is amazing. I'm looking, I'm looking at this this film, and, I mean, on September the 6th, it made $301,000 domestically, and then September 7th and 8th, I'm guessing that's Labor Day weekend, maybe? 7th, 8th, and 9th, that has to be Labor Day weekend of 1984. This film brought in almost another $3 million that's Labor, Day, Labor Day weekend. And that's, you know, from June to September. And then you look at New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Uh, I mean, the whole Christmas weekend, honestly, like from the 27th all the way through New Year's Day, it brought in another one, two, three, four, almost another five hundred thousand dollars that week. Yeah. Well, like, it, it cost thirty million to make, and it made almost ten times that in its full run. Yeah, yeah. The entirety of its run, its worldwide numbers, resulted in uh, two hundred and eighty-two point two million worldwide. My my favorite box office stat, though, is despite everything you just said, Zach, is that technically, at least the way that um, the numbers are sorted, uh, Beverly Hills Cop is the highest grossing film of 1984, um, which kind of sounds super contradictory based on Ghostbusters being the number one film from the summer through, uh, you know, December, January, but Beverly's Hills Cop, because it was released in December and grossed really well through the next summer, it's considered part of 1984 and slightly above Ghostbusters for box office gross for the year. Wow. That's so, that's so odd. 1984 was just a good year for movies, I guess. Yeah. Uh, comedies. <laughs> that's, wow. It's insane. So I was looking at the domestic daily numbers, and it had it had it ranked number one all the way through it. The weird thing is when I go to Domestic Weekly, that number one ranking dips to number two the week of July 27th through August 2nd. So 
it held the number one ranking for seven consecutive weeks, dipped to number two that week, and then back to one August 3rd through 9th. What I can't figure is maybe it had some lower days where another movie had some higher days and something else outgained it in a total over the course of a week span. I don't know how you can go from being like the number one ranked movie daily to ending up the number 13 for a week on the week of October 26th to November 1st. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works because the, the weekly rankings look drastically different from the daily rankings. I don't understand that at all. Box office is weird. I guess it was still weird yeah, back box, in the day. It's weird and box office mojo is weird. So I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about it, but those are still some pretty impressive numbers because out of everything that I've looked at on box office mojo before, I've never seen a number one ranking that consistent day after day after day. That's it, just, it, it's still, it's, it's still, I, I think it's important to start with a discussion like this because, you know, looking at this movie, from the future, from as younger people who weren't around or at least weren't cognizant of what was going on back in the 80s, you know, it's it's something that it gets lost. It's like, you know it's a big deal, but it's like it's just always been there. And you know that Ghostbusters was a massive deal when it was out in theaters. Like, this was a huge, massive thing. We always hear about things like Star Wars, Jurassic Park, like those things, those are game-changer movies. I don't know if the same can be said about Ghostbusters, but it still is a hugely popular. If you go to Comic Con, you are guaranteed to see someone walking around with a proton pack and a full Ghostbusters costume, like guaranteed. You'll probably see an mm-hmm. Ecto One too. Like this stuff is out there. It's massive. It's still massive to the point where you know there's more movies coming. There's you know Ghostbusters Afterlife coming next year, and I am now really excited about that movie, having seen this movie. So. I think it's important to kind of provide some subtext here that Ghostbusters, yeah, it's a big deal. It was a huge deal back in the day. Okay, okay. one more little financial stat while we're while we're on this topic. I just went to saving.org and did an adjusted for inflation calculation. The two hundred and eighty-two million that this movie made in nineteen eighty-four, adjusted for inflation to two thousand and twenty. It would be seven hundred fifteen point three million. Wow, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, even by today's standards, that's pretty great. Um, yeah. Box office mojo um, adjusted for inflation. It's in the top forty all time. It's thirty seventh. Dang, that that's, is that's... crazy. So, who wants to go first about this movie? Who wants to talk about it first? Because I have some thoughts. I think we all have some thoughts. Um, I, I feel like we should let Joey go first. Yeah, I was going to say, Joey, you're you're the you're the super fan here. You were the one that's you know and this yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm curious what what are your thoughts on Ghostbusters? What did you think about seeing it? Yeah, so it's funny when you say Ghostbusters to me that this movie isn't the only thing that comes up because as like you said it's not as big a franchise as something like star wars or or harry potter or a variety of other things but ghostbusters to me 
is much more than just this movie. I know we're going to focus and talk about that movie, but I was introduced to the concept from the cartoon series that was uh, on TV in the late 80s and early 90s. And eventually, you know, when I was old enough, I, I got to watch uh, this film. I actually saw the, uh, the the sequel in the theaters. Wow. But when the original came out, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I didn't wasn't born until December of 84. So I did not see it original theatrical run i've actually never seen this movie in theaters i've only seen it at home Uh, i'm trying to rectify that just hasn't hasn't worked out but that is a goal of mine to be able to see this uh as it was meant to be seen and in a theater was released in drive-ins just recently and it was one of the uh top grossing uh movies uh around the fourth of july just like jurassic park was with the re-release it was it was fun to see two of my favorite movies of all time to top the box office you know 25 30 35 years later right but ghostbusters this original movie that kicked off everything a lot of people describe it as catching lightning in a bottle it was just this perfect confluence of so many things and it it all goes back to uh, the original concepts by dan Aykroyd. like this is kind of his baby it's what he's associated with Uh, unless you're big into the the comedy stuff that he was doing in the 70s and early 80s, Ghostbusters is Dan Aykroyd's thing. And it's because he he is very much in the realm of ghosts and spirits. His his father and grandfather were big into spiritualism. And uh, he's re- wrote a book with his father, who unfortunately just actually passed away about a week ago. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, Peter, I believe his name was Peter Aykroyd. He was uh, late, late 90s, I believe, and uh, was a huge, huge influence on Dan Aykroyd. Um, and and writing this this movie, you know, Dan Aykroyd wrote it, the initial script, and eventually Harold Ramis, um, the late Harold Ramis, was brought in to uh, to figure some things out and get it together. Uh, but the movie itself, I just think, is a really perfect balance of action, suspense, comedy, uh, and and a little bit of you know horror thrown in for good measure. And I'm not a, a horror person. I don't like slasher flicks. I haven't seen most of those that are out there, but there is just something about this mixture of those themes combined with the the acting, which is just superb, that just makes everything work. And I, I think the lightning in a bottle comparison is so great because as much as I love everything in the Ghostbusters franchise, it's really, really hard to duplicate what happened in this first film. Uh, and I just love everything about it. It has, you know, it has memorable lines. It, it's so endlessly quotable. It has amazing iconography. I mean, you can say, you know, you talk about the Ecto-1, you talk about the proton packs and, and the ghost trap, and they throw in Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. There's just so many things that you throw a picture of it up there, and I would say more often than not, people will know what you're talking about without even giving the title of the movie. Right. Uh, there was a, a an article about 10, 15 years ago. I've been trying to find it again, and I haven't been able to, but that they threw up without names of the company or property or whatever logos, and they were asking people to name what company that was. Well, the number one was coca-cola which is obvious because it says it in the name so you think you probably should know what that is (laughs) but they threw up the ghostbusters logo and that was the second most recognizable brand or property in the world so you know there's something about that logo that was developed by the late michael gross uh, a producer on the film that people just see and recognize immediately that that is associated with uh, the ghostbusters uh, franchise 
Um, and, and that has a huge part, you know, when you can make uh, logos, vehicles, equipment, just this stuff that becomes iconic, uh, people remember your film. And that's exactly what they did. And there isn't one thing from the movie that I can point to and say, this is my favorite thing, because there's so many different things that propagate the franchise. And I love everything about it. I mean, you know, I you guys know that I love Star Wars, but Ghostbusters has always been my number one um, fandom and my number one love and being able to talk about it tonight. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So I'll wrap up my little introduction here and, and hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> no, that is great. Your your enthusiasm for this franchise is absolutely infectious. Like, I think I wouldn't have been nearly as excited to watch this movie for the first time if it hadn't been for you and just hearing you talk about it and, and knowing how involved it is. So that going in, that was a huge thing for me. Um, before I discuss my thoughts, Jake, why don't you, because yeah. you're kind of similar to me. You, you'd you seen this movie before, actually, but you really didn't remember it. So what were your yeah. kind of sort of initial impressions? Yeah, um, I remember watching this when I was like 14 or 15 and not, I, I don't know what about it really didn't click with me, uh, but it, it, it when I watched it, I was like, yeah, okay. It was a movie. I, I didn't really pay attention that much. I, I think I might have been like, like laughing with a friend or something like that. I, I don't remember the exact situation I was in, but uh, I wasn't fully invested for sure. And I just kind of forgot about it. And I would always hear people talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it was fine. Um, and then yeah, here I am 25 and uh, watched, I watched it the other night with my wife and I, I was laughing. I was, I was just really enjoying the, the uh, absurdity. I was enjoying the dynamic between Bill Murray and and uh, and Dan Aykroyd and uh, um, like Harold Ramis and and Rick Moranis. Like everything about the movie was like working for me and like clicking. And I understood yesterday exactly like what the what the deal with ghostbusters was and i i pretty much fell in love with it i i freaking loved this movie um back to front and uh yeah it's like it, it's it's got the potential to be like one of my new favorite things now and i i i am glad that i gave it a second chance i'm glad that we had this because i i don't know if i would have seen it again i mean i'm sure i would have but I'm, I'm glad i saw it now and i'm glad i get to talk about it with other people who appreciate it and uh and yeah so i you know we can go into more detail and stuff i'm sure we will but yeah i really really enjoyed it all right and the elephant in the room yeah. i'm sorry to call you an elephant zach but I'm really curious what you thought because you're in the same boat as me. You had never seen this movie before. And I don't know what to expect here. I'm just curious, what were your initial impressions after seeing this movie? Well, I, I tell you, I, I think I've seen certain scenes before. Like, it may have been on when I was present, but I just wasn't fully invested in, like, sitting down and watching it previously. Because I did have some memories associated with it. I think the the conversation that uh, Venkman has with Dana by the fountain was a scene that I recall. Yeah. And I think the the scene in the hotel 
was a, was one that I, I kind of had a vague memory of, but it wasn't like I had the whole uh, immersive experience before. It wasn't like I had been able to, to see it from beginning to end and, and recall everything that happened. And I finally got to do that with with this sit down, with this experience. I had bought the the first and second film and the 2016 version all in like a like a triple feature pack at Walmart recently, probably a couple of months ago. And I teased Joey with it. I was like, hey, I got this. You know what that means? And and he was like, you know, you're going to have to bring me on for that discussion. So I'm glad that we did that. Um, but I, I feel like I'm still a little torn on just how to feel about this film, because everything that Joey just said a little while ago makes perfect sense. Especially considering the 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 box office numbers that it had, the impact that it's had on the community, um, on, on just the on just film in general. Like obviously, it is a a star-studded cast that was groundbreaking for its time, on par with Jurassic Park, like you were saying, Ben, as far as uh, being able to advance cinema in a direction that it really hasn't been able to go before. It's done all of those things. And yet, for me, it also feels like it was a bit of a mixed bag at times. And I can't exactly pinpoint exactly what it was. And and that's the ironic thing, is Joey looks at this film, and he looks at all these different components, and they they just seemingly gel together so perfectly. I look at all of those different components, and I look at it, and I go, something's not quite right here. And and I don't know exactly what it is. I, I, I think when I was watching it, one thing that kind of stood out to me was that it, it felt like like Bill Murray wasn't as invested in this movie as as other people might have been. That like, is OK. Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> like like I, I, I know it sounds like blasphemy, but the, 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 the line delivery sometimes felt like he wasn't as enthusiastic about saying it as other actors might have been. And, and he's like the star of this movie. Everything's centered around him. And sometimes his delivery didn't seem as smooth or as invested as some of the other people that he was around. And that felt a little jarring. And then all of those different components that Joey was mentioning earlier, it's got comedy, it's got action, it's got drama, it's got horror, it's got you know all these different things. I looked at all of those and I was like, is it a comedy? Well, yeah, kind of. Is it horror? Well, yeah, kind of. But did I did I feel like it it combined all of those things very well? I don't know. I I don't feel like it did it as well as it could have. And then I made the mistake of looking at other films from around this time that were also science fiction in nature, that were also uh, adventurous in nature, that were fantastical in nature and i sat here going did i enjoy this as much as back to the future did i enjoy this as much as Spaceballs? because i'm doing a, a rick moranis comparison and i'm sitting there going no so i'm i'm torn because i know that there's a lot of love for this franchise and i know that it did a lot of things for cinema and i observed it i witnessed it i fully acknowledge it and yet I just I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I was expected to enjoy it, and I almost feel bad about that. I, <laughs> I yeah, I yeah. I think I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, by all <laughs> means, take, somebody take the floor. 
<laughs> no, I, I look, Zach, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I get that. And something that I always struggle with, and this relates to uh, to Star Wars as well, is a franchise that is always built up and talked about with so much reverence that I always am afraid to introduce things that I love to a variety of people, especially ones that I know sometimes can be a little bit more um, harsh on things because it's just things get overhyped and and overrated. And that doesn't mean that they're not good. It's just they get more notoriety maybe than everyone thinks they deserve. Uh, And I know people say that about Star Wars all the time. That always comes up when people talk about overrated movies. And you you guys have seen this firsthand with me because I say all the time that I think The Dark Knight is one of the most overrated movies of all time. That doesn't mean it's not good. You know what I'm saying? But I, I always fair. worry about that with Ghostbusters because it get does get talked about usually in pretty, especially this original first movie, most people tend to always really, really enjoy it. But I know there's always people out there that don't. And, you know, they're usually in the minority, but they're out there. Um, and, and, and I'm a prime example for, you know, some people think Dark Knight is the greatest superhero movie ever made. And that's cool. It's just... It just didn't do it for me. So I completely understand what you're saying. The only real thing I want to say about the Bill Murray thing is I just find that uh, just it's interesting to me that you thought that because most of his lines were created by him on the spot. Uh, so he should have right. he should have right. been, you know, properly emphasizing and, and emoting and and saying it the way um, because he was coming up with it. it was, you know, right. there's some reports that almost everything was just him on the spot. I don't that, think that's completely true, but that is, uh, that's been floated out there that uh, most of his lines are just made off and uh, made up and off the cuff. Exactly. That That's one of the things that I saw in the IMDB trivia was that there was a lot of improv in this movie. Like there was a script, but Bill Murray kind of went off a little bit. And sometimes when they were giving uh, descriptions of some of the technology and stuff, Ramus would kind of go off a little bit. Uh, Sigourney Weaver joined onto this project specifically for the purpose of showing off her comedic side. Like there, there were there were specific improvisational comedic purposes that were that were written and created around characters like Murray and Aykroyd and Weaver, and like I, I I I'm baffled that all of this was was supposedly very improvisational in nature and just kind of go with it and, and see which one sticks because I feel like I got more emotion out of Bill Murray in Space Jam than I did in this movie. <laughs> see, Bill, I, I... Bill Murray's not a very emotional person just just in general. So, you I... know, I, I get I get that. I feel like I liked him in this movie. I feel like he basically carries this movie um, more so than I thought he would. But he's not a he's not a he he's not a Jim Carrey. He doesn't he doesn't get too bombastic most of the time. To, to me, the whole Bill Murray not emoting in this is what works. Like to me, that is hilarious. I don't, like all of this stuff is going on around him, left and right. There's a Slimer and there's ghosts going through walls and this and that and there all this stuff happening crazy demons like gozer all that stuff his this girl he likes is floating above the bed and he looks like like nothing phases him and that is hilarious to me and 
you've got Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd emoting all the time and they're very like scientific and dialed in and, and uh, you know, hey, we've got a category for this and that and and all all that Venkman can do is, you know, crack jokes and, and not care. And that to me, the mesh of those two things is what works. Well, and see, usually I'm all about very dry and sarcastic humor. But again, I think it was a delivery thing. Like, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the lines. I was just concerned that Bill Murray looked almost bored being in this film. Like, there, there, I loved it. There were there were certain times where it felt like he would rather be somewhere else, but he's contractually obligated to be in this movie. So he's just going to make crap up and say it because he's here and he has to be here and he has to say stuff. So he's just going to say whatever comes to mind and just expect the directors to deal with it, because if you fire me, you don't have a movie. I, Zach, I, go ahead. Sorry, Ben. Uh, Zach, what other Bill Murray, Bill Murray movies have you seen other than Space Jam you mentioned? What else have you seen him in? Uh, I saw him in – he was in Groundhog Day, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw I saw him in Groundhog Day, and there was one other that I saw him in. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Give me a second. Um, Caddyshack. It might have oh, yeah, been. Caddyshack. It yeah, might classic. have was, but that was – that was quite a while ago. It's been a while since I've seen Caddyshack. Um, yeah, th- those are those are kind of the tops. Um, yeah, I feel like that's just kind of Bill Murray, though. Yeah, so like Cat- Caddyshack is a super weird one for him, you know, because he's got that kind of like droll and he's just kind of aloof and kind of nutty. So that that's a tough one because he's definitely playing a, a an odd part there, but. Uh, I think his best films from, at least in my opinion, uh, to show his his acting skills are Groundhog Day, Stripes and Ghostbusters. And the the more recent ones from like the 90s, I can't say I care for all that much. Like he's to me watching him in Space Jam that I kind of laugh about because I'm just like and it's a goofy movie. So it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't take anything away from him. It was just like he's just like forcing. He's just kind of doing his thing. Um, it, it doesn't like I I don't consider that a a, a premium acting uh, performance. Whereas the the ones from from the '80s that he did, I just think uh, his deadpan and his laissez-faire attitude it just it, it works so well for those characters. Uh, yeah, especially deadpan. I mentioned it, it's just uh, that that when I think of Bill Murray, that's the Bill Murray Bill Murray acting I want to see is uh, is Ghostbusters, Stripes, and Groundhog Day. I, I think if I watch this movie thinking that, like, if you if you watch it with the mindset that that's just who he is and just like accept that like like that's just part of his character, I think it it works a lot better than if you wish he had a more like emoting personality or something. I don't know, maybe that's not true, but like when I just sat back and like just let him do his thing. I think I enjoyed that. Yeah. I kind of agree with you guys. I think that Bill Murray, that's his kind of his thing of, he just sits back. And I think he works in this movie. And as I said, I was almost caught off guard by how much Bill Murray is in this movie. Because like you think of like, Oh, it's Aykroyd and all these guys and Sigourney Weaver. Like it's an all-star cast, but like, I feel like they almost fade into the background sometimes. 
and it's Bill Murray kind of holding things together. And I'm not saying that's a that's a criticism. It's just an observation on my part that Bill Murray carries this movie. He is pretty much the star of it, and he's in. You know, he has most of the dialogue. He's in there for most of it, and I think that's kind of the point: is that he's he's just there, and he's kind of bored, <laughs> and none of this even phases him. Nothing but surprises him. He's just there, and I like that part. I, I like Bill Murray just in general. Um, and kind of bring this back around to kind of my thoughts on it. Um, I like this movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm not about to, I'm not about to turn, let's face it, I'm kind of a middle of the rotor here. I'm not about to turn into a massive super fan like Joey is, and I'm not about to also, you know, hate it. (laughs) Like some people, um, <laughs> so you know that, and that's that's fine. I think I can definitely like, I can see where everyone's coming from. And I, to be honest, I, I, I watch this with my parents, and they, I don't, I think they may have seen it before. I think my dad said he'd seen it way back when it came out, but he hadn't seen it since. They pretty much didn't remember any of it, so we all sat down and like, okay, we're we've been talking about doing this for a long time. We, we've been going back and watching certain movies and we wanted to watch Ghostbusters. I had never seen it before. We did it. And we all kind of walked away with the same opinion. Like even, you know, they're older and they, they, they were kind of more familiar with it. They were like, it was pretty good. Like, I'm, it's not, wasn't the best. And uh, I kind of apprised it, apprised them of like the conversations that we were having because Zach, you know, he sent, he sent some, some similar messages of what he said tonight about, you know, he wasn't a huge fan of it. And my mom actually wanted to give a message to you, Zach, because she oh, said dear. she agrees with you. <laughs> oh, okay. She is with you. She's like, she's like, I didn't really care for that. <laughs> it wasn't kind of wasn't my kind of movie. That that okay. said, I, I finally found the thread. By the way, I, I hadn't scrolled up far enough. Oh, really? <laughs> I I I didn't I didn't I didn't go I didn't go quite up far enough. I said. Uh, it's just a cluster with very jarring humor that's kind of hit and miss. Is it a comedy? No. Is it action? No. Is it horror? No. Does it have all that in a very mixed bag type of way? Yes. And I almost forgot that I said this. And Joey, you're probably going to hang up on me after I said this. But I, I told you two guys, the main antagonist looks like Prince's white doppelganger with Sidious Lightning and the voice of the cave creature from Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Zool. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just how I saw I'm it. Assuming you're re- referencing Gozer at the end there, who kind of, uh, well, technically takes the form of multiple things and becomes a disembodied voice and, and everything. But yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not talking about the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's a whole other animal to tackle right then and there too <laughs> quite literally chose um, the form of the destructor oh gosh and that in that in and of itself I, I i was shocked by how much stuff they managed to pack into this movie because i was like i was going into it it's a it's you know it's about 90 minutes it's not a super long movie and in five according to wikipedia okay yeah so it's 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 a it's a decent size size movie, but it's not super long. So I'm like, okay, I'm 
basically familiar. Of course, I'm, I'm like you guys. I'd seen various clips or whatever. I was vaguely familiar with the plot. I knew certain things, but like, if you had asked me prior to seeing the movie, oh, where does the Stafe Puff Marshmallow Man show up? I'd be like, oh, that's, that seems like something that show up in the sequel. Like, I, I feel like that's something that's going to, like, be in the second movie or whatever. Like, that's not going to be oh. the first one. And I was surprised. Like, it, he shows up in the first movie. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, so they're, they're moving through a lot. And there's a lot happens in that third act. And I'm like, wow, they're, you know, going all out with this. Um, so I, I really, I don't know. I really did enjoy it. I, I think for all the reasons you say you didn't like it, Zach, I think I liked it. <laughs> I yeah. think I liked it because it kind of it wasn't this hilarious comedy. It had some comedy in it. It had some had some really laugh out loud moments for me. Um, it had some horror elements, and but it wasn't scary. And it had some good you know camaraderie, good good you know I think some good writing, and it had a lot of good elements. And it's kind of a mixed bag, but in a good way. Yeah. I'm not saying this is my favorite movie ever. I'm not saying I'm rushing back to see this movie, but I did enjoy it, and I did understand where people like Joey are coming from when they say, this movie is amazing. I totally understand where you're coming from. It wasn't overhyped to me. I feel like it was just the right hype. It was like it was what I expected it to be, and it wasn't anything more than that. I think part of it, too, is I went in with not – like I I knew what people thought of it, um, as a whole and I kind of went in with very small expectations just kind of like just whatever I got I got and maybe that is also why I really really liked it um, that's that's a possibility too right yeah and 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 that's the whole thing it's like sometimes expectations can absolutely guide your thing I've ruined myself on certain films because I went in literally expecting it to be the greatest thing known to man. And guess what? I was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't go in expecting that. You you just have to temper your expectations. So I didn't really have much expectations of Ghostbusters other than just hearing pretty much all my life that it's a great movie and it's one <laughs> of the classics that you need to see before you die. And mm -hmm. I crossed that off my bucket list. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it would probably take somebody who's as big a fan as Joey is sitting in the same room as me to convince me to watch it again. And mm. and and, I, and I'm not saying that disparagingly of the film. I'm I'm saying <clears throat> from a, a perspective of I I need to watch it with somebody who really really enjoys it so that I can get a glimpse of that joy vicariously or through osmosis however you want to put it um i i i think also there's just a lot of other classic films out there that i haven't gotten around to that it's probably going to take me a while before i circle back to ghostbusters if that makes sense i'm gonna i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch the second one and i'm gonna watch the 2016 one because we're gonna do like a like an arc <laughs> covers all of this so I'm still going to be a part of the, the Ghostbusters universe, and who knows? I may end up turning the 2016 version into a drinking game at this rate. <laughs> if, 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 if that one is as bad as people say that it was, then I don't know if I'm even going to make it through that film. It's just, quite appalling. <laughs> just, just putting that out there. Um, but, I mean, 
there's 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 just so much other stuff out there, man, that to to circle back around to anything takes me a while. Like it took me almost a year plus to circle back around to something like the Dark Knight or the Lion King or even Emperor's New Groove, which we just finished discussing not too long ago. Like sometimes it takes me a while before I circle back to something. And uh, if I'm if I'm being totally honest, it would it would take like a Ghostbusters super fan saying they want to watch it with me before I end up going back around to it. I, I think and I think it's interesting because I, th- I, f- I feel like just listening to what you're talking about here and your thoughts on it, like I feel like you don't you don't vehemently hate this movie, but you don't love it either. And no. that's a really that's a really it's a really uncomfortable place to be when you're talking about a movie because yeah. we want to have strong opinions, especially when you're going to go on a podcast and you're going to talk about it. Like yeah. we want to have these really hot takes and sometimes that just doesn't happen. I guess my hottest take would be that I would rather watch back to the future than ghostbusters. Like <laughs> I might agree with you. I might that, agree with you, but that's, a, that's about as hot as my I don't begrudge you that. That is a great movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, if, and, if, he, if we're talking about fantastical stuff that is, you know, it, it's using a lot of, of scientific terminology that's intended to be both wacky and beyond our scope of understanding. Like, that's the closest comparison that I can make. It, it's time travel versus the supernatural. Obviously, I get that. <laughs> but, you know, if, that, if that's the closest comparison that I can make, I would, I would go back and see Back to the Future again. That, that should have been a crossover. That they they missed an opportunity to cross over the Ghostbusters with Back to the Future. Just saying, that, they were made at the same time. That would have been interesting. That would have been great. Um, Joey, any thoughts? How wrong or right we are on this? <laughs> well, I mean, I I I um, greatly appreciate hearing everyone's opinions. I'm I, the only thing I'm a little surprised at is honestly, I, I figured going on this was going to be a little bit of a double edged sword because of how much I love it. And it's tough to hear people who don't love it as much as I do. But honestly, I was kind of thinking in my head before this started that if someone was not going to like it, it was going to be Ben and not Zach. So I'm a little surprised. Oh, wow. I was expecting Ben to be like, well, that was okay. Um, You know, I didn't hate it, but it was just okay. I I thought, I thought that would be coming from, from, from Ben, not from Zach, but um, yeah, it's, Usually I I find like the silver linings and stuff. And when we get to the segment where we talk about the best moments, like I'll, I'll have stuff. It's just, I, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think Ben's hitting the nail on the head. It's like, I want to have a really strong opinion on it, but I just don't. And, and I think that's what disappoints me is I, I know how much of a, of a super fan you are because you've been asking us to have this discussion for so long. And then when I finally get around to it, I'm like, okay, like yeah, that. it's it, and see, here's the thing with Ghostbusters. For me, it's like it's a good movie. I'm not ranting about it. I'm not raving about it. That's the greatest thing, and that's boring nowadays because you have to have a really intense opinion about something to be right. something. Um, on the right. flip side of this, and just a, this is a small tangent. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. But on my own accord, over the past few weeks, or I, which I just finished last night, I took it upon myself to watch all three. Of the Fantastic Four movies, oh dear! Because I had never Stop. seen them before, and out of morbid curiosity, I decided, "What the heck?" I had access to them for free, so I'll, I'll I'll watch them, and I had fun. I had fun watching them, 
but my god, they're all horrible. <laughs> I I they're, like parts of uh, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer is the peak, absolute peak. There's some good. St- there's good stuff in all of them, legitimately. But yeah, but they're all bad. <laughs> the, 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 but like the Silver Surfer, there actually is some good bits. Like Silver Surfer himself is like a good character. Like he, yeah. they do him really well. But like everything else, and then you get to the third one, and it's like my god, I watched that last night, and. <laughs> Oh, God. Like, you know, watching that, like, makes you appreciate literally anything else, especially something like Ghostbusters. So, you know, that's that's a whole thing to itself. But, like, that's that's an easy opinion to have is Fantastic Four has not had a good movie. That's a that's an opinion people have. And it's a fun opinion because you can say it. Um, They haven't had a good movie yet. Except for Incredibles. Incredibles. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) But uh, saying that you just kind of like Ghostbusters is boring, and it's you're you're no you're barred from the internet for saying such heresy. <laughs> See, and that and that that's that's the other thing that that really concerns me. I guess is most of the time when I have a meh opinion about a film, it's one of those ones that I was like, yeah, in a year or two, this is going to kind of fall into that void of obsolescence you know like for me that void consists of movies like the new x-men trilogy with uh james mcavoy and michael fassbender we haven't reviewed those movies yet but uh i i just feel like there are some good components in it there are some bad components in it people watch them people talked about them for a little while and then people forgot them like they're not super talked about anymore. People are talking about uh, the Avengers. People are talking about the the new Matt Reeves Batman film. You know, there's other superhero stuff out there, but people aren't throwing it back to uh, the the Days of Future Past movie all that much anymore. They're hardly even talking about Apocalypse. Like it's just it's it's become obsolete. People aren't talking about it anymore. And yet the ironic thing is, this movie is still being talked about. Like yeah. it's it's still being talked about. It's still being referenced to this day. It's still being memed. Uh, like there there's still so much relevance to this film that I'm kind of concerned that I have an X Men like opinion of this film, even though it's got such a longevity attached to it. You know what? I'll I'll take it even one step further. I think I enjoyed watching the kids from Stranger Things dress up as the Ghostbusters more than I like the actual Ghostbusters. How's that for a hot take? Oh, that, that is wow. a hot take. That is a I, I, I didn't I, want to push you too far. I guess I pushed you too far because that's I, like a steaming hot, hot take. I, I, I think Joey I, just fell out of his chair. <laughs> I, I loved watching them fight over who got to be Venkman. Because when it finally got around to being like, uh, no, you're Winston. And he's like, why do I have to be Winston? Is it because I'm black? I'm <laughs> like, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, they just. And see, those jokes went right over my head when mm-hmm. I watched Stranger Things because I didn't know this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that I know it, I've got like the fuller context now, obviously. But like watching them try to put Dart inside of the the ghost trap contraption, like I I find that hilarious now. Now that I know what its function is and how it worked in the movie, 
Like there's so much more context now, but it's those references again, that longevity stranger things came out that that season came out a couple of years ago. And yet they were thinking what's something from the early to mid eighties that we can reference that heavily. And it was the ghostbusters, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't star Wars. It wasn't back to the future. The kids dressed up as the ghostbusters. Like, there's there's still such a heavy presence on this film, and I think that's one of the things I appreciate about it the most. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, do any have you, any of you watched the uh, TV show the the Goldbergs? Yeah, I've seen I, some parts. I, I know I know of it, and I know that it's kind of set. It's almost like that '80s show instead of that '70s show, isn't and, it? Essentially, essentially, yeah, and it dealt, deals with kids. Well, younger kids, not, you know, like late teens, early college or whatever they were supposed to be in that 70s show. Uh, and doesn't deal with as serious or weird topics that that 70s shows did. Um, the, that uh, Yeah, I almost called it that 80s show. The Goldbergs uh, talk about Ghostbusters at least once a season. Uh, so uh, it's also based in Philadelphia. So it's pretty much the, my ideal television show. So <laughs> it is your life in a television you, show. Basically. Yeah, so, exactly. so does that mean you're also a fan? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, so it's funny. I, I do like that. That's set in Philadelphia and I love the references, but that kind of humor sometimes is really rough for me to sit through like that incredibly <laughs> awkward stuff. That <laughs> you're like, I don't even, I can't even fathom having ever done that or said that. So I haven't watched the entire office. So what I watched the first season of the office, I think before the second season debuted. And after my wife and I watched the first season, we were both like, I don't know that I want to keep watching the show. Now we did. And we watched it all the way through, but I like times more than the office. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. uh, The office to me, sorry. I was going to say the office to me like seasons two through six are perfect and then one and then seven and eight are a little a little weird but yeah i would i would say seasons two through six of parks and rec are pretty near perfect three through six especially wait a parks and rec mm-hmm. um those those middle wait, why those... did i think there were only five seasons of that there's no there's seven of parks and rec oh yeah i guess you're right yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, I I would say as a whole, Parks and Rec. I've said this before on the show, but Parks and Rec is a better show start to finish than The Office is. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> See, we agree on Parks and Rec. This should just be a Parks and Rec podcast. <laughs> no, no. We, we'll, 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 we we, we've already done a episode on that. <laughs> and when I finish the series, which I will one day, we'll come back to this. All right, I promise you. Nice. Nice. Um, okay, so Zach, you talk. You mentioned the ghost trap and that the whole thing, and even even not seeing Ghostbusters, I knew exactly what that was. I'd seen that yep. a thousand times. I'd seen yep. it at conventions, people walking around with them. Like yep. I knew that all that was. I want to talk about the mechanics of this movie and mm-hmm. actually how it works and what they put into it. I like. I think the strong point of this movie is how it takes the supernatural elements that we're all thinking. And obviously, like, you can definitely see, I'd never heard that before, Joey, about you talking about, like, how Ackroyd was really involved in, like, supernatural stuff, and that reflects on this movie, that there is all that stuff in there, but it takes a form of intersecting that kind of stuff, which we're all familiar with, with 
really hard sciencey stuff. Like, you know, basically giant laser guns that can shoot ghosts and <laughs> ghost traps and all this kind of stuff. I love that they take that, and I think that's the, the interesting thing about this is that these are scientists going after ghosts. And, like, you know, they're not like, ooh, it's spooky. They're not like, it's not like Scooby-Doo where it's all about, we got to get to the bottom of this, and it's not about the fact that, you know, ghosts don't exist, so we got to figure out what's actually going on here. This is just a world where... I don't think anybody's really surprised about ghosts. Like, everyone seems to just believe in them. They exist, and they call an exterminator. Like, the hotel <laughs> the hotel guy, at, the, at the, the the manager just calls the guys, and it's like he's talking about there's a rat problem. Yeah. Like, it's just no big deal. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's a ghost in there. Go get him, please. The paranormal has become normal in this universe. You're right. That's exactly it. So I, I love that aspect of it. I love the, the fact that they kind of intertwine this and they kind of mess with the the believability of this. Because at first I thought that Vinkman was the skeptic. I thought he actually didn't believe in ghosts right, right at the start. Mm-hmm. And then they go further and it's like, okay, yeah. And then for the rest of the movie, like there's, there's ghosts just flying down the street and no one seems bothered. <laughs> it's, a real, it's this kind of twisted universe where – Ghosts are just a thing, and it's well, not—it's not a huge deal. It's just they're, they're almost like a nuisance. I, I always felt like they existed, and people knew they existed, but they didn't admit to everyone else that they existed. You know, everyone kind of kept uh, it a, a secret, and then all of a sudden, it starts to trickle out, and then you know, it just blows out as soon as they put out their commercial and say, "Hey, we can take care of this for you." Everyone is like, "Yeah, let's maybe take care of this for me." And that's what ends up ends up happening. So, um, but yeah, I I love uh, I love the different characteristics of uh, of each of the uh, each of the characters. I, I love uh, the uh, back and forth between uh, the initial three, and I love when they introduce uh, Winston, who his character was uh, different in uh, some of the the later drafts that got changed right before uh, right, right before the filming of the movie which is disappointing because he was uh, i believe an air force veteran and he was going to be in towards the beginning of the film and it was going to be the four of them for most of the movie rather than just like the second half of the movie um hmm. but i read yeah. that i read that in the trivia i also i also read that uh ernie hudson was kind of disappointed with his role because it was supposed to be more fleshed out like that and then he kind of turned into more like a sidekick slash comedic relief and they were basically just telling him to read the lines and that was it yeah. whereas, well, he, whereas murray was able to improv you know off the wall all the time but then he wasn't able to do that quite as much yeah i, I get i don't know exactly the reasoning behind it I, I absolutely know that ernie hudson was disappointed that his role got kind of cut in half but it, they the the last script they felt like they needed the everyman character and that's um what winston is supposed to represent you know because you have the uh the the true believer and the heart in in um dan acro you know in ray stance and then you have the uh kind of uh aloof uh lazy um very interested in in women and money uh ladies man type uh peter bankman bill murray's character and of course then the eccentric and and wise uh, Egon. So I feel like they, they needed to introduce or they wanted to introduce Ernie Hudson's character as someone that everyone could relate to. Um, Cause not everyone has those other um, extreme characteristics that the, the main three have. So yeah. Um, I, but... I, yeah. 
e- Egon and Stance are there for the science. Venkman is there for the women, and uh, Winston's there for the paycheck, basically. Yeah, yeah. If there's a steady paycheck in, and I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, yep. And I feel like I feel like if I had like a major disappointment with this movie, and it's not even a major, just like a all oh, that kind of sucks. It's Winston's role because I feel like you could have done more with him. Like he just kind of shows up and he's there and he's part of the crew. And I feel like there was, I feel like, go ahead. Aside from the line where he's like, I've seen stuff that'll turn you white. (laughs) Yeah. That is an amazing line. I love it. But I feel like there was a scene missing where it was like an introduction for him. I feel like there's something there where like, okay, you should have introduced him. Let's, find out more about his character, whatever. I mean, you do have, you get the scene where they're in the car and he starts talking about, you know, his religious beliefs and whatever, which is great. Mm-hmm. You're getting more with him there, but, like, that comes later. And I feel like there's just, and then you get to, like, the scene where the EPA comes in and shuts him down. Like, he's just there. And I feel like there was more to it that could have been thing. And he's an interesting character. He's someone that's not necessarily a scientist. He's just a guy that's off the street that just wants a job. And who can't relate to that? Like, that's interesting. But, uh, you know, he becomes a full-fledged Ghostbuster, which is great, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the second one. But, you know, it's, it is it is kind of a weird kind of dynamic of, like, he's just not there, and he's there. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, yeah, and I, I don't know if anyone's actually explained why they changed it right near the end, right before the start of filming, because Ernie Hudson had gotten the role and, you know, had knew his lines and was ready for the production, and then all of a sudden something changed. I don't know if they were if it was a runtime thing or if it was studio interference, I don't exactly know why, but I know Ernie was definitely disappointed. Uh, um, luckily I've had the opportunity to meet, meet a few of these guys in person. And that was always one of my bucket list things was try to, uh, to meet each of these guys. Unfortunately, I never got to meet the late Harold Ramis before he passed mm-hmm. away. Um, and who knows if I would ever get the chance to meet Bill Murray, but uh, I took the opportunity to meet Dan Aykroyd, um, a few years ago when he was doing That's one awesome. of his still had vodka signings and I have actually met Ernie Hudson three times. Wow. Um, yeah, well, so it back in, um, I th- want to say this was about 2009, 2010. Uh, he made an appearance at a uh, steel city con in Pittsburgh. And this was when this convention was um, much smaller than it is today. And he hadn't, he, at the time I was there, he had no line. So I went up to him. I told him how much I, how huge a Ghostbusters fan I was. I had a bunch of things I wanted to get him to sign. And he was super gracious. And like we just would stand there and just talk. Like we just talked Ghostbusters and movie making and just like a variety of things, just for like 10, 15 minutes because wow. there was no one else in line. Like we just, me and my buddy, just well, Brent, who's been on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Brent. Brent was with me. We got our picture taken with him, autographs. He he's just super nice. We talked for t- like 10, 15 minutes about the film, and it, it was great. And then I, I met him a couple more times as well, and he's always a lot of fun. And I actually uh, I had uh, I had uh, him do a, a, a cameo for uh, for Brent when uh, his uh, daughter was born last summer. So <laughs> nice, that's cool. I, I love, yeah, I love that platform. It, it's great to have those guys uh, out there there to uh, to talk to. But um, yeah. I, Hopefully one day we'll get to meet 
meet Bill and I can say I meet, met three of the four. But uh, the other thing about the movie that I really like is at, at the, the, the main, you know, Bill Murray's the main one. And then you get the uh, original three Ghostbusters and they, they get to uh, introduce Winston. But I like the, the side characters, too. I love uh, Rick Moranis and Annie Potts and <laughs> yeah. Weaver. Yeah. And one of my favorites is he's kind of like a proto antagonist is William Atherton, like Walter Peck. Like mm-hmm. he is like he is such a miserable person. And William Atherton plays him so well. Like he you does just help but dislike him. He and and you know, the, the, those side characters, I think, really help. If you like the movie, I feel like you definitely like those uh, side characters as well. This man has no dick. <laughs> That is legitimately one of the best movie lines of all time. It's amazing. William Atherton, like he was also in the Die Hard franchise and and a variety of other movies, but he still is recognized for being Walter Peck in Ghostbusters, and people mock him with that line all the time. He's in all the Ghostbusters documentaries, and like last year they had a huge thing for the 35th anniversary. They had a Ghostbusters um, convention out on the Sony lots and. William Atherton always tells the stories about how people just like call him dickless all the time. <laughs> That's so good. It reminds me of Will Wheaton and like he just gets like shut up Wesley all the time. <laughs> He's so <laughs> tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Poor guys. Can't escape oh, it. No, but uh, that's the price you pay for being successful and famous um, and being recognizable. I mean, yeah. and, and that's the thing. And that, that, that character like it, that character is the ultimate like you've met a you've met a person like this you know someone yeah. like this in real life this is based on a real life person mm-hmm. and also i mean yeah you were talking about rick moranis i love seeing rick moranis in movies i miss him in movies from from honey i shrunk the kids to to space balls which is coming back honey i shrunk the kids oh coming. yeah yeah, yeah you're yeah. right with him in it uh, yeah that's crazy um yeah we've we've been far too long without a a harold ramus uh or i'm sorry a, uh huh. well, that's true that is true that is true <laughs> I, i'm getting him mixed up with uh with rick moranis but yeah uh with a rick moranis uh movie and i i loved him in this i loved the you know always getting locked out of his apartment um and how he he's so awkward, but he has so many friends. I'm trying to figure out how. Those aren't but, those aren't friends. Those are clients. Yeah. They're oh, there's clients. Oh, I totally missed that. I, that <laughs> totally went over my head. That makes that even more hilarious. Oh my goodness. I like because he flaunts that in front of them. He's just like, I was able to invite these people because you know I could write it off basically. Oh somebody's... yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Oh, that's right. hilarious. He, he's a. a, a uh, Jake, have you seen uh, Ghostbusters 2? Or do you recall seeing no, Ghostbusters No, not yet. I'm actually going to pretty Rick, soon here. Rick Moranis, uh, Louis Tully has an even larger role in, in the second movie. So if you like Rick Moranis, you, you will probably uh, you probably yes. appreciate uh, uh, okay, his... Okay, uh, see, character. now I'm intrigued because Louis was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am Lewis... more intrigued. I, I expected him to just not, not be in the second one, so I, now I'm really excited. So to have a, a larger role in the second film, I'm actually like intrigued to watch the second film now. Yeah. yeah, so if the only one of the ones we've discussed, like obviously the main four Ghostbusters all return. Um, Annie Potts is back as Janine. Rick Moranis returns as Lewis. Um, William Atherton is not back. There is no um, Walter Peck in, in Ghostbusters 2. Um, 
uh, but Sigourney Weaver is back. So, um, yeah, they got the, the, the majority of the main cast back, at least ones that made sense for, for the story uh, five years later in 1989 when Ghostbusters 2 came out, which I did get to see in theaters. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's worthwhile. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, I, I know, uh, I think Jake mentioned it maybe before we started recording, and, and Zach has mentioned this in the past about movies like Toy Story. Um, he feels like it was it's kind of a rehash um, of the first one. Um, That's it, what I've heard. Yeah. Same, similar script. I've, it, I started watching it and loving these when I was a child, so I didn't put much stock in things like that, you know, when you're five to ten years old. Uh, so mm-hmm. I feel like I, you know, I have a slanted opinion. I, I, can, I don't know that I can subjectively or objectively look back on it and be like, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but I, for a, actually for a long time, I told people that the second one I liked better. So you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I mean, I'm fully back in the original camp now. But there was plenty of time when I, I said that I liked the second one better. But I think that's because I could remember seeing that one and growing up with it a little bit more rather than watching it later. Like I may, may I may have even seen the second one first. I don't even remember, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I distinctly remember receiving toys for, you know, birthday, Christmas gifts and stuff like that from the second movie and the animated series versus stuff for the original movie, which honestly technically didn't even start coming out um, until about 10 years ago. Cause that just wasn't a thing oh. for, adult movies in the 80s they they didn't make too many toys star wars was kind of an outlier although that was yeah. aimed children you know georgia lucas always says that that's it it's for kids ghostbusters didn't have movie toys until about 10 years ago it was all based on the animated series wow wow that's crazy and, and going back to your point about like it being kind of the same like the second one like a rehash there's a lot of sequels both good and bad that are basically the same movie over again. Like that's yeah. not that's not always an indicator of like good or bad. Like it's like, <laughs> you know, <I've> made... <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story oh, Two. Yeah. Um, other people have made the point that like every Indiana Jones movie is basically the same thing. It's he's after yes, something. And it's I all know. basically I mean, the same. The, yeah, the base like going and looking for something. There's like always a girl, and they, you know, there's always a supernatural. I mean, yes, but they're all different in their. I mean, they're recognizable on their own. You no, know? no, they're I, completely exactly the same. You cannot tell them <laughs> apart from nothing. Ugh. No, there are sequels out there like that, though, where it's like it's pretty much the exact same movie. And and like Ghostbusters, too. I don't know a whole lot about it, except that there's like slime and there's the Statue of Liberty. And I don't even know what else, but I am intrigued to watch it. Yeah, I, I mean, go ahead. It's, it's I'm just it's just if you watch the first one and you at least, you know, were like that wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I would definitely give the second one an opportunity especially if you enjoyed any of the main or side characters because they're all back and some of them have larger roles yeah and also like that's the only other time you're going to get all four of those guys back as the ghostbusters you know so it's probably enjoyable just for that even and and there's a certain amount of enjoyability when you are connected with those characters in that environment like that like i Mm -hmm. there are admittedly some bad star wars movies 
But I love them all because they're Star Wars, and I'm a huge right. Star Wars fan. And some people that aren't as much into Star Wars aren't going to enjoy them as much. That's just the way it works, that your, your nostalgia factor, your thing. And if you're a Ghostbusters fan, I absolutely understand. And, you know, so, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching number two as soon as maybe next week. Yeah, yeah. I might well, as well. There are, I'm sure there are larger connections to Star Wars and Ghostbusters than what, what I'm about to say for um, the Ghostbusters sequel on number two. But the, the main antagonist makes up an appearance much sooner in the second one. And he there's a kind of a through line throughout rather than it popping up mostly in the third act in the original. And the voice actor of the antagonist in Ghostbusters 2 is none other than Max von Sydow. So... Nice little Force Awakens ship there. Did not expect uh, that. He, he is I'm, not the actor. He is just the voice actor for um, the actor was is like a a, a German like boxer wrestler guy, um, but it's dubbed over by Ma- Max von Sydow. Nice. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, you're right. We will get to that movie uh, probably next week if everybody's able to see it by then. So uh, we'll have deeper and better thoughts for it when that time comes we're going to take a short break here and come back and discuss our best our favorite moment our least favorite moment and just our closing thoughts and planet scores all that still to come as we continue this discussion of 1984's ghostbusters when the ipc podcast continues don't go anywhere this is IPC. Greetings, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars Underworld. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey, y'all. This is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh?
And we're back, continuing our discussion of the movie Ghostbusters here on the IPC podcast, which you can find on our hosting site, Podbean, ipcpodcast.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a whole bunch of other different places, and you can find previous episodes on StarWarsUnderworld.com. A big thank you to the people that financially contribute to the show and help keep the lights on, if you will. People like Joey, who's with us tonight. Thanks again for being with us, man. We've also got uh, a new patron, Ryan H1152. We're working on getting in touch with Ryan in order to uh, can properly give him the shout-outs that are, uh, are needed. We've also got Rachel, Dan, and Carrie Fleming. All of these people put a little bit towards the program to help make sure that uh, we're able to subscribe to Podbean and do all the things that we need to do. If you're interested in becoming a patron of the show, visit patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. It's got all the different tiered levels, including admission to a secret Facebook group that we've got called the Peacekeeper Core. You can also have exclusive access to our extension program, which was just recently rebooted. The RIPC podcast is back over on Phantom Empire, and you can get some exclusive R-rated uh, IPC content if you become a patron. And if you sign up for just $1 a month, that's 12 bucks a year, you can have access to our entire library of IPC episodes. That's almost 300 episodes of IPC content at your disposal for just a dollar a month. So please go check that out. Absolutely. All right, guys. Let's let's get the worst stuff out of the way, and then <laughs> and then wrap it up with like the best stuff, like the stuff that we really really enjoyed, and then we'll go around the horn give our final thoughts and our planet scores for this movie. Jake, I'm going to toss it to you first. What did you think was the not greatest moment from the movie Ghostbusters? I mean, for me, I think like the only thing I can really think of, I mean, I guess there's a couple things there's, there's like you were saying before, Winston, he's just kind of like thrown to the side a little bit, didn't get the best character development. And he's just, you know, he, he felt like there's a lot more potential for that character for sure. Um, uh, also, like, I know, well, no, I'll actually I'll mention it after the show <laughs> what I think, because I don't I don't know if it's a uh, PG uh, rated. Um, oh, but, uh, I'm going to have to say it anyway, so. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, it was weird. Like, it was still funny, but B Blowjob Ghost was a little <laughs> weird. Um, I was just like, what, what was that for? <laughs> but uh, that a and, uh, scene, too. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they, they go to a Fort Detmering, uh, and that's, like, the only part that made it from the entire part that they filmed at the fort. Oh, wow. Dang. Jeez. Um, but yeah, for me, uh, Winston, uh, probably, probably the worst part. This, yeah, this movie was pretty strong to me. All right, Ben, what about you? All right. Well, I don't have that many off the top of my head. I think the one that sticks out to me is probably when Gozer shows up. Probably. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and it's kind of a, a larger criticism that I have of the third act, which is, there's almost too much going on. I feel like there's too many steps. And I feel like even as someone who I'm used to 
trying to get into my mind certain really heavy sci-fi convoluted plots and understand what's going on. I'm not saying I was I was confused, but at a certain point when you're like, oh, they need to go up there, and then the you know Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver they go up top and uh, they have some sexy time on top of the building <laughs> apparently, and then uh, they go and then they open the doorway and then the Gozer shows up and then they turn into gargoyles. It's a lot of stuff happening. I understand, like, you don't want it to be too simple, but I feel like you could have skipped a step. I feel like Gozer wasn't really necessary, maybe? I don't know. And, like, and then that leads to the, the, the Marshmallow Man, which doesn't get a whole lot of play. Like, he's only in there for a couple minutes, and then they destroy him, which is great, but, like, I expected more, maybe? I don't know. It just Gozer is a ridiculous character. Like, my God. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. It's like David Bowie. It's like David Bowie with, in like, I, I thought the person was naked there for a minute. I'm like, are they really doing this? Is this movie secretly rated R and they're going to put a naked person at the end of this movie? Like, did not expect that. But uh, I'm not saying I hated it. I'm not saying, like, it took me out of the movie. It's just, like, one of those things I'm like, yeah, that was weird. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Joey, I know you said off the top of the show that there weren't a whole lot of complaints. But if you if you had to pick one, if we were twisting your arm. What what would you nitpick about this film? The least uh, bestest moment. I, I I mean I echo Jake saying it's not exactly one moment with 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 Winston, but I would have liked to have seen what it would have been like if he was introduced earlier or was just there from the onset. Because I think uh, I really I really like his character and I love Ernie Hudson, so I'm disappointed that he didn't have the full runtime uh, to show what he can do. Uh, but specific moment like jake like jake mentioned and alluded to the um odd placement of the intimate moment with a ghost <laughs> in the, uh, in the, the the montage which might be my favorite or best moment it, it's up there i love that like news they start with the news and becomes the ghost busting montage where like they're going out in the community and you see the newspapers flow across and then the articles talking about it it's it, it spliced in there and i'm just like man that's super awkward to watch with your parents so uh, yeah because yeah, my... i i did it the other night and i was i i now that you mentioned it, i'm like wow that was a scene <laughs> it's funny they actually talk in one of the um documentaries uh, that came out recently how difficult it was to make his belt come off without using your anyone's hands oh yeah like, practical effect that they had to figure out and of course someone did it and uh, it was really tough to do, but uh, they accomplished that feat, so good for you're, them. You're saying, you're saying it was a really hard thing to do? Uh, you said that, not me. <laughs> wow. It's getting late, guys. It's getting late. Oh, no. Uh, Sorry. Am I going to have to edit all this out? I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. Bravo, Zach. Oh, Bravo. you just... It was just there. Like, how can I not? <laughs> you, can't, you can't not. Oh, yeah, I'm actually 12. And actually, that that's probably where my biggest qualm comes in, is the, the whole idea of crossing streams. <laughs> that concept was just so absurd to me. You're in this hotel dining room and you're like hey guys uh quick thing almost forgot um don't cross the streams and i'm sitting there going 
what is this? A ghostly urinal or something? What is this? It's 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 a it's a supernatural urinal, and the writers are actually twelve here, and they're they're shooting these these supernatural guns from their hips, so it almost looks like they are peeing into the air, <laughs> and it's like, oh, hey guys, just remembered, um, we probably shouldn't be crossing streams when we're doing this. And then literally the thing that helps save the day at the end of the film is, guys, we have to cross streams. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, ye, ah, out of all the things, like, don't cross the streams, do cross the streams. Let's make more crazy, ridiculous, unnecessary, superfluous pee jokes. Like, ah. It was You're just... the first person I've ever heard think that that was a pee joke. I, I think not, the P joke came from that. Right. I think P, the, the, you you're putting the cart before the horse. I if you if, if you across can... the streams now, it's because of Ghostbusters. If I... there is a bathroom joke to be made, Zach Arnold's going to make it. All right, Let's just put that out there. <laughs> I, I I I doubt that. I feel like crossing streams was something that just in the terms of like rivers and lakes and streams i feel like that was a terminology before ghostbusters but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it didn't exist before 1984 if you trace it back that's where it came from after i have i have no knowledge to back that up i'm just saying sure streams did not exist before 1984 people did not pee into urinals before 1984 people were not two people would be peeing in the same urinal so i'm not really sure what exactly it, uh, is happening when you go to pee at the urinal? But it <laughs> it, it happens in uh, in locker rooms. It's yeah. like it's like a it's like a big trough, and everybody's just state fairs. The one thing, right? Yeah. Wrigley Field, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. The it it happens. Okay, can we change the subject, please? <laughs> <laughs> you were asking me about my low point. I would say that, and I would probably also say I really didn't care for. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's portrayal like I just I know her as Ripley from Alien and she doesn't excuse me (laughs) I know her as the counselor from Holes oh okay (laughs) that's that's a movie I need to get around to seeing because I've read the book and I really enjoyed the book but I haven't seen the film iteration of it one of the best movies ever oh that's that Shia LaBeouf movie Shia LaBeouf Shia Oh boy! You can call me Mister Sir. I, I just I know her from that, and she doesn't. She she's another one of those characters, like um like from the like from the Superman franchise that just doesn't do well as a damsel in distress. I, she, I yeah it, I can't I can't see her as anybody other than a badass. So to see her as a person that's having problems with ghosts. Ripley would kick that ghost's ass, man. Yeah. She wouldn't wouldn't care. It's funny you mention that because, like, she was very akin to, to, like, Lois Lane in the Donner Superman. You know, just that kind of role. I think think she's pretty badass. She got got, uh, possessed by a dragon dog and got it on with Rick Moranis. So I think she got got pretty well. All right. I take it back. I take it back. I mean, her storyline did eventually end up that way, but she started out as somebody that seemed rather rather helpless and it it did 
didn't uh, it didn't just it, it didn't really go well for me with that and it didn't go well for me when Parker Posey was like the 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 hot broad standing next to Lex Luthor in that Superman movie. That just didn't go well for me either. I, I, I would be pretty I would be pretty helpless too if there was a ghost temple in my refrigerator. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, you you asked. I'm telling you. That's just... All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let let's go let's go to best moment then and right. I don't I don't care what order we go in Joey I'll, I'll throw it to you because I I feel like you have the most praise for this film. There's there's two that stand out. One I already mentioned. I really love the montage. Well, they start with the the reporter standing on the street corner talking about the um, spectral locomotive, oh, and then it just, yes uh, goes into the um, the Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters song. Uh, which um, Ray Parker Jr. and and the theme song Ghostbusters, the story behind that is 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 super interesting. If you ever have time to go look it up, and I'm not even talking about the lawsuit um, surrounding uh, the tune being very similar to an existing song, but just uh, how quickly he had to develop it and he had to figure out um, how to rhyme something with Ghostbusters, which he doesn't do, but he had to figure out how to incorporate it. And usually you think about rhyming it. Um, so Ray Parker Jr. and Ghostbusters are synonymous with, with one another because the studio and, and director Ivan Reitman told him, you have to have the title in your song. Good luck. And I oh. need it in like three days or something like that. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but that entire scene is, is so cool. I love seeing them run around the town. Um, and uh, get the uh, the newspapers flying. And I believe the shot that they do in front of Rockefeller Center, um, they actually have security guards chasing them because um, they weren't allowed to be doing what they were doing or they hadn't gotten clearance <laughs> or something like that. It, well, it, there's it, real security guards in that scene. Yes, yes. Oh, my wow. God. That's awesome. So, um, But uh, the one I'll pick is a little bit before that, Right when they're sitting, they're very down, they're eating their Chinese food, and they get their first call. And Janine answers the phone. She yells, we got one. She hits the bell. They slide down the fire pole. They get on their suits. They jump in the ecto, and the firehouse doors open, and you see the license plate and the car pull out. Like I love the ecto one so much that I, every time I see that, I just, I just smile from ear to ear. That's, That's awesome. a great scene. That one is that one is really really fun. Uh, I guess I, this may go back to like my lack of recollection from the film, but going back through the trivia and stuff, I guess I didn't realize that their headquarters was like an old firehouse. Like obviously the pole should have been a giveaway this time around, but previous like previous times that I watched the film, I never realized that that was their headquarters. So that was. That was something new and, and interesting to me this time yeah, around. Was, that's that was a real cool. place. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. And, and apparently it's been used in other films too. Like there was, uh, I think it was a Jim Carrey movie that they recorded a, a heavy portion of sequences in that about a decade later. So the uh, yeah. the exteriors in New York City, the exterior shots are all done on North Moore Street. I, I visited the, uh, the firehouse when I was in New York City a few years ago. Uh, they actually have the filming sign used on ghostbusters 2 the logo that hangs outside the firehouse is still hanging up in um the fire station in new york city uh and they if the fire doors are open they'll welcome you in you can take pictures with it and their logo is of course related to the the movie uh the nice. interior shots that i believe you're probably referencing uh zach from other movies are actually filmed out at a fire station in los angeles so it's actually two different um fire stations used for as a cohesive unit for the, for the film 
Wow. That's crazy the way they get those two to go together like that. That's that take that takes a lot of creative camera work and and a, a lot of editing on their part, but it it, it reminds me of like the in Tunisia where they shot like the, the Lars homestead and like the interior yeah. is in one place and the exterior is in a completely different location, but they seamlessly edit it together. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who should we go to next? Who wants to volunteer for their favorite? Me, me. I'll be, pick, pick, pick me, pick me. Okay, Jake, you go. <laughs> uh, I give, I, 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 I give my spot up to Ben. No. He seems to be much more excited about it than I am. <laughs> The way he runs away from the microphone to yell out in despair. No. I'm so sorry. I was trolling you. Really, I was. <laughs> no, no, Jake. Go, go ahead. Take it, man. You fought for that one. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I've got a few moments in here. The, uh, the spectral locomotive quote really... Uh, really hit me right for some reason. I don't know why. It just it was so funny. He's like, well, everybody's heard ghost stories around the campfire. Heck, my grandma used to spin yarns about a spectral locomotive that would rocket past the farm where she grew up. And, and that visual, I was like, I want to know more about that spectral locomotive. Cause I bet you there's something to that. Um, I love the quote, the, the whole back and forth uh, about crossing the streams. I know Zach, you don't, you didn't like that, but Egon's <laughs> like, don't cross the streams. And Peter's like, why and Egon's like it would be bad Peter's like I'm fuzzy on the whole good bad thing what do you mean bad Egon goes try to imagine all life as you know it's stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light and Ray goes total protonic reversal and then Peter's like that's bad okay all right important safety tip thanks Egon and just his delivery of that important safety tip killed me and then uh my absolute favorite moment in the uh in the whole movie is the exchange when they are checking out the building for the first time. And uh, I'm, I'm reading all these quotes verbatim, but I, I want to get them all right. Uh, Vangman goes, what do you think Egon? And Egon's like, I think this building should be condemned. There's serious metal fatigue and all the load bearing members. The wiring is substandard. It's completely inadequate for our power needs. And the neighborhood is like a demilitarized or a demilitarized zone. And then stands, goes, Hey, does this pole still work? Wow, this place is great. When can we move in? You got to try this pole. I'm going to get my stuff. Hey, we should stay here tonight. Sleep here, you know, to try it out. Vector goes, I think we'll take it. <laughs> I loved it so much. I did. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy that a lot. That was that was, that was probably like to me some of their best chemistry. Like like I think Murray was kind of setting things up and then the other two guys kind of like carried it home. And then like Murray kind of cleaned up the mess that they'd made. But like that, that was, that was a really dynamic moment that I actually did get a pretty good laugh out of. I was like, yep, that would be me. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great moment. Okay. Ben, you're, you're, you, you've waited patiently. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Is it, is it my time? Is it my time? Maybe it's, I don't know. It is time. I don't know if I'm gonna get uh, blocked again. Anyway, um, so I'm very, very tempted to say this man has no dick. I'm very <laughs> tempted to say that because that is a great moment. That's the moment that legitimately, even though I had heard that a thousand times through memes stuff like that, it still got me. Um, 
the whole sequence in the hotel I think is great. Like yes. the whole – especially in the dining room when they have the dynamic between them destroying the place and then the woman comes up is like, oh, yeah, is the is the banquet room ready for my party? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, just a few more minutes. They'll, they, they just got a one thing to get rid of and, and they'll be fine. And there's like – loud crashes in the background them just absolutely just you know throwing over a buffet table and all this cup it's fantastic and again the mechanics of the whole ghost trap thing is great on top of that and the camaraderie is fantastic i love that yeah, yeah i'm I, i'm i'm probably going to be in agreement with you there that was probably my favorite scene especially the the banter that they have with the with the hotel manager because he's like, yes, we know how to be discreet. And then they make all kinds of noise throughout the whole experience. And then they end up in that dining room. And it's like, I assure you, this room will be ready for you. And then you cut to them inside. And they're like knocking tables over. And stuff's crashing and falling. And they uh, they basically like zap the chandelier. And, you know, just all kinds of stuff going wrong. But then they 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 give the guy the bill and he's like i didn't realize it would be this expensive i'm not going to pay it and he's like okay well we can just let him loose and, and we'll be on our way and he's like no 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 like <laughs> yeah that was a great moment like that that was so funny because they definitely had him over a barrel he's like yeah i mean we caught him and we've got him so i mean you can pay us or we can turn him loose and i keep thinking like in the sense of an exterminator like you've got a raccoon loose in the hotel or something yeah we we caught him and you're going to pay us for it, but if you don't, then we're just going to let this raccoon loose back in the hotel, and he's just going to keep causing havoc, but on a supernatural level. Yeah. I love that I love that they're, like, haggling over, like, what is it, like $5,000 that they want to charge him? And yeah. they uh, probably— $4,000 plus a $1,000 proton charging special. Yeah. And they probably caused, like, $10,000 worth of damage to the hotel. I had no idea it'd be so expensive. I won't pay it. That's all right. We can. Uh, I'm sure you won't mind if we let him back in uh, out in the room there. I I I only wish that it had been John Cleese playing the manager. Yeah, Michael Ensign looks a lot like John Cleese. Yeah, very, very he, does. Right. he does. Right. Yeah. And, and Ensign Ensign played the role well, but I I wish it had been Cleese. Like a very a very minute complaint, but I I wish that we had been able to see him make a cameo. That would have been really fun. There's a couple cool cameos in there. Um, you know, you hear the voice of Casey Kasem, and you get to see Larry King. Oh, I love right. that. It was it was kind of yeah. cool to hear Shaggy talking. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, Zach, but... if you trivia, you know that there's uh, uh, an, another uh, name out there that is uh, everyone knows the name of uh, Ron Jeremy. So, oh my gosh, oh wow, I didn't realize that he not was this. up for you. Oh, he's just he's just a background. He's not like he's not credited. He's just a background character uh, after the, the explosion at the firehouse. Yeah, he's there. My question is, why are you singling me out to tell me that? <laughs> I actually read the trivia, and it's usually one of the like the top trivia questions of oh, uh, okay. Jeremy. Appearances okay. a crowd. You kept saying how you kept reading the trivia, so I figured yes. you had seen it. Yes, I, I did. I did read the trivia, but of all the trivia to mention to me, you had to mention that piece of trivia. Okay, thanks. Hey, you're the only one that don't doesn't like the movie. I gotta throw something at you. <laughs> Shade received.
All right, guys, uh, it's time to just break the ice and give our final reviews and our our planet scores for this film, our ratings out of 10. I have a feeling the numbers are not going to line up, (laughs) but that's okay. Uh, Joey, you're the guest on the show. I'll let you lead things off Uh, in like 60 seconds or less. Your your final overall thoughts on Ghostbusters and what kind of rating out of 10 you would give it. Well, this is my favorite movie of all time, so it has to be pretty high up there. I've been on the show before, and I'm pretty sure I've always given out, you know, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half. So it's it's going to be up there. Um, but I, I just love everything about this this movie. I said it at the beginning. I just think um, the variety of genres just works for me. I like that they incorporate, you know, three or four. I love the interactions between the characters and especially the ones that get the full development uh, as necessary. I love the secondary characters. And I think my favorite part about it is the memorable quotes and lines and the iconography that came out of it. The, the logo, the, the ecto, the firehouse, all of the equipment they use, the proton pack, the, the trap. And we, we didn't mention anything about the PKE meter and the ecto goggles. Just like there's so much stuff that is just so easily recognizable and can be associated with the franchise. And that just really, really um, works for me. I I love it so much. And I have an immense amount of uh, nostalgia for the franchise because it's one of the first things I remember growing up on. And granted, yes, it was mostly the animated television show, but it's all linked. It all runs together. And um, I thoroughly enjoy uh, the sequels and I am absolutely head over heels excited for March of next year when um, the next movie comes out, Afterlife, directed by uh, the son of Ivan Reitman. You know, Jason Reitman's directing that one, and uh, he had uh, he was around when the first two were being made, so he's a, the great uh, logical next step, and I couldn't be more excited to see uh, what he's bringing to us because I was very pumped by the first trailer that dropped in December. Um, I've been on here, and I've given... Uh, pretty high scores for the other movies that we review but this one has to be my personal top so this is uh, uh this is a 9.9 for me I, I i won't give anything a perfect 10 because i always have minor, minor minor issues but i'll say 9.9 all righty uh jake i believe you're up uh yeah so i'm counting this kind of as my first watch even though it wasn't it's the first time that i, I kind of soaked it all in and really appreciated it so I really, really enjoyed it, and um, I I found so many things about it that I I loved. I took so many like quotes and lines from it that I'm gonna remember forever, and and I, there's gonna be so much now that I appreciate in the you know the world of pop culture and fandom about Ghostbusters that I didn't before, and I, the stories you know the story is the story uh, it's it's like i don't know it's it's hit or miss as far as like i mean it's not supposed to be realistic or anything it's just a, a fun story but it's the humor and the the uh the dynamic between the ghostbusters and and the side characters that make it work and are are what make it unique and like joey said before it's it's lightning in a bottle basically and and uh yeah i really 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 liked it so i'm going to give it a i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten um yeah 
there's not a lot wrong with this movie. And I, I was tempted to give it an 8.4 for the year it came out. Uh, but I do think of it as a nine. I think I don't think I'd feel good giving it just an 8.4. That, that's pretty clever though. Not going to lie. Pretty clever. <laughs> uh, ben, if it's all right with you, I'm going to go ahead and go so that we finish things on a, on a higher note. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, three out I, of 10. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, Three out of tens are reserved for movies like Zombies. Um, oh, that, that's a solid ten, man. <laughs> it's it's, it's, a, it's a ten out of ten for enjoyment as far as acting and writing and technical production and all that other stuff that makes a movie. It's like a one or a two. Goodness gracious. I watched that I watched that movie again recently at, so that I could do the film commentary of it. And oh, my gosh, I had to drink in order to get through it. I simply had to. I didn't necessarily have to do that for, for Ghostbusters. I did have a drink while watching it, but it wasn't like a necessity. Um, I, I Like I said, it's not one that I'm going to circle back around to. It's not one that I necessarily hated. I just felt like some of the comedy was hit and miss. I felt like some of the acting and, and execution wasn't what it could have been. I still think that even with the improv lines and even with his nature, it still just felt like Murray kind of called it in a little bit and I I wasn't I wasn't as big a fan of that it, his portrayal reminded me of Johnny Depp's portrayal of Jack Sparrow in Pirates 5 it, it felt like mm-hmm. Depp was just kind of phoning it in and in this it kind of felt like Murray was phoning it in a little bit uh, the blending of genres actually felt more jarring to me like I was looking at this am I supposed to laugh am I supposed to be horrified Am I am I supposed to be intrigued by the action? Am I supposed to be, uh, you know, gripped by the writing? And it was like I was trying to latch on to something and I ended up latching on to none of it. And it, it, it felt more like a mixed bag to me. And I feel really bad for saying that because of the iconicism attached to it, the music attached to it, all the great stuff that is attached with this franchise. I have a lot of love and respect for I just feel like there were other movies from this era that I ended up enjoying a lot more. And I, I don't see myself coming back to it in any any near future, although I am intrigued about what the second one's going to look like and how it builds upon the first one. Um, but with all that said, it's probably just a 6.5 for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Not it's, it. It wasn't a two though, so it it could, could be worse. Could be worse. It, it wasn't a two, but it's not like a seven or a seven point five either. It's just below that six point five. All right. Well, like I said, I did enjoy this movie. I legitimately enjoyed this, and it was a fun movie. I'm not going away saying this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm not rushing back to see it again per se, but I'm curious about the the, the next ones. I, I want to see the sequel. I want to see the reboot. Um, maybe I'm glutton for punishment with the reboot, but we'll see. Um, but uh, I, I really enjoyed this one. I think this was it's a solid enough movie. I think it's it's not about it's not in the same vein of like in a technical way. It's not like this movie changed cinema. It's just fun, and it's just an ingenious concept put together by some really talented individuals and made by just some fascinating people and you've got 
the all-star cast of, you know, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, all these guys that are known for many, many things, but there's not too many bigger things that they're known for than Ghostbusters. And you completely understand it. As someone who hadn't seen this movie, was just going in completely blind and was just watching this as, oh, I've heard about this movie and what it's all about, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a fun ride, and I'm looking forward to the future. But for right now, I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. Nice. I was waiting for you to steal J- Jake's 8.4. Oh, <laughs> thought about it. Thought about it. Uh, entirely possible. And if you're a fan of the franchise or if you just want to contribute then be sure to hit us up on social media at ipc podcast on facebook twitter and instagram and send us your planet score we do an audience uh participation that becomes a part of our uh conglomerated number so everything from the 9.9 to the 6.5 or anything above or below that be sure to send that to us on social media so that we can add that to the numbers that we've got here absolutely well let's uh Let's head over to the, the, the point where we actually let you guys listen to the film itself. But I know that it's getting late. Uh, Joey, I, I know that it's it's really laid out on the East Coast by you, and you've probably got an early day tomorrow. Do we need to call it a night, or can you stick around for the next little bit? Um, no, I probably should should get going. It's a, Yeah, it's a five hours from now is wake-up time. So. So, yeah, I, I probably should get going, but I appreciate you guys having me on. So it's well, great to it talk to you, pleasure, man. man. Where can the folks at home keep up with the stuff that you're doing uh, on the social media worlds and just on the interwebs in general? Um, the best place to find anything that I do podcast related is uh, jmnjrradio.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jmflyer1454 or on uh, Facebook. Just uh, search for my name, Joey Mays. And, uh, yeah, just talk a lot of sports and uh, pop culture uh, with my friends. So if you're interested in that, definitely uh, definitely hit me up. Absolutely. I've listened to a few of your live programs, and it's always a good time. You guys are always really interactive with folks. So uh, if you're looking for some fun, engaging content, be sure to go and check out jmnjrradio.com. Again, Joey Mays, the biggest Ghostbusters fan that I know. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to to be a part of this show with us. It's it's always great having you on, man. All thank right. You. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy Barbecue Watch. I'm sorry I have to miss it. Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to be having a lot of fun in this next little bit here. But it, it was uh, super fun having Joey on. And, and guys, he, he contributed to uh, to this idea for the the quarter of the night as well but it was also ben's suggestion uh as well but uh, unless you have any opposition to it jake i feel like this is kind of like the one that we we probably should go with if if i'm being totally honest this was probably the biggest laugh i got from the whole movie yeah yeah absolutely i'm gonna shut up then and let you guys have a listen to it we've alluded to it once or twice already on the program but uh it's always more fun when you hear it uh, for yourself. So without further ado, I'm going to present to you all tonight's quote of the night. These men are consummate snowball artists. They use sense and nerve gases to induce hallucinations. People think they're seeing ghosts. And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with the fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick.
Officially, the church will not take any position on the religious implications of these uh, phenomena. Hmm. Personally, Lenny, I think it's a sign from God. But don't quote me on that. No, I think that's a smart move, Mike. Well, I'm not going to call a press conference and tell everyone to start praying. <clears throat> oh. I'm uh, Winston Zettimore, Yana. Look, I've only been with the company for a couple of weeks. But i got to tell you, these things are real. Since I joined these men, I have seen shit that'll turn you white. Well, you could believe, Mr. Pecker. My name is Peck. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What uh, he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> oh, man. Just as good <laughs> the next time around. This man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> I just lo- I love the pause. I love the mm-hmm. no. It's true. This man yeah. has no. Idea. Yeah, the the yep. com- the timing, the comedic timing was perfect. Pause for effect. Yep, yep, yep. Perfect. Yeah, that perfect. was that was really well done. Oh man, so much fun. Okay, let's let's go ahead and get to our last portion of the evening. Uh, one last order of business that we've got to get to before we can officially call this a night and uh, it's everybody's favorite segment joey alluded to it just before he went off the air folks get out your hashtags put them on all the different social media platforms that carry a hashtag facebook twitter instagram pinterest guys what else carries a hashtag that's like my thing but i don't know what other platforms carry a hashtag i feel like hashtags are everywhere nowadays they kind of like are like if you're on uh vero vero whatever it's called the, the, that that that, that social media thing that only Zack Snyder uses. I know. I was gonna say I'm convinced he's the only one that uses Vero. Is it is it a thing on TikTok? I don't have TikTok. I'm pretty sure uh, it is. It is. Yeah, I'm ashamed to say that I know that. Yeah, I'm I'm ashamed to say that I know you. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I know me. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man, we got we got way off track there. Get out your hashtags, folks. It's time for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Okay, so the funny thing is, guys, every time I hear the word barbecue, I keep thinking to myself, 
how difficult would it be to pull that snippet out of whatever it was I'm watching and find a way to integrate it into the barbecue theme that we've got for this segment? And then I sit there going, you know what? That's too much work. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just I just straight up get too lazy, and I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. I'd rather just recreate it with our voices. Right, right. But tonight's barbecue segment is, is a really fun one because um, it, it's a photo of Ewan McGregor on an open grill with – I don't even know what's on there. Is that shrimp? That's shrimp. That's barbecued shrimp. That's what I, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was shrimp. But the, the cool part about it is he's in full Kenobi beard and hair mode. Like he he's, you, you can tell that he's getting ready to shoot the Kenobi series, and I am beyond ecstatic. But one of the cool and funny things that's been going around the internet lately is, like, caption this photo type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, yes. and it's so, so funny. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on this image, which we've posted in the Peacekeeper Corps, and we've posted on our uh, Facebook page. It's probably going to end up on our Twitter page as well. So just go hit us up on the socials. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on this image and, and what it means for the Kenobi series. And what would your caption be for this photo if we were doing that caption contest? Oh, man. I mean, I thought the... Ben, I forget if you maybe maybe you posted this on the SWU page. Oh, uh, I posted it. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. And it's, I should credit to Josh Ship on Twitter. He says, and he was like, "I hate you," and then he made sizzling sounds just like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's genius, right there. That's the winner, right there. Who could who could who could ever try and top that? Like, he saw an opportunity and he took it. Oh man. It's it's so great. Uh, unfortunately, my mind's a little too frazzled to come up with something original and great right now. But I'll probably come up with something in the next day or two. Um, I'm just I'm just impressed by Ewan McGregor being the multi talented, incredible actor that he is. Apparently, is also a great cook and a grill master. Man, it doesn't how surprise cool, me. It how cool would it be to eat shrimp with Obi Wan Kenobi? Seriously. Like, he'd probably be the only person that could get me to eat shrimp. I'm not much of a seafood person. But, uh, but if, see, I love shrimp. If you and McGregor like invited me over for a meal, it, it could be it could be wasabi drenched in sriracha and by God I would eat it. Yeah. See, and grilled shrimp is the best. That's the best sure, kind of shrimp. Man. I, I'm, um, I'm not. I'm not a fan of shrimp. I'm not a fan of seafood. I'm not a fan of sushi. I'm, I'm just when when I have sushi, I'm getting the avocado roll. Like that's yeah. how, that's how not into sushi I am. But if but if Obi Wan Kenobi with full beard walked up to you and went, "Eat this," or should I say, "Hello there, eat this." I was about to say, if "Hello there" is not included in there, then I'm just like, "Are you really him?" <laughs> Yeah, my my mom hates shrimp too. She calls them sea maggots. <laughs> my mom says that shrimp is what you put on the end of a hook in order to catch real fish. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, wow, there's them few, words. There's a few hot takes uh, surrounding shrimp, but if it was being presented to me by Obi Wan Kenobi, yes, I would be all over it for sure. But but look at I just let's just talk about his appearance really quick because he's got the beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he looks like 
Obi-Wan from episode three, but just a bit older, which Slightly is exactly older. what he is. Yeah. But he's, he's also, I feel like he's growing out the hair a little bit too. Like he's going to, instead of having like the neatly combed, like, you know, very brown hair, he's going to have kind of a streak, some, some white streaks in it. And it's going to be kind of long, like it was in episode two. Like he's going to bring back the Jedi mullet. Like, I'm really liking this look if this is what we're going to get. Yeah, you know what we need? We need like a, a Stan Lee-esque cameo toward the end of the series where George Lucas comes out and he has that haircutting machine that Stan Lee has in Thor Ragnarok to give Thor a haircut. And then he gives Obi-Wan a haircut. And then Ewan McGregor's just like, no! Please, sir, don't cut my hair. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. Would be I, I like the length that it's at it's pretty it's it's right in between the episode two length and the episode three length yeah you know yeah, like yeah. His, his length in episode two is like almost jesus like and then <laughs> yeah it's it's more like a like a bowl slash comb over in episode three this is kind of that that weird shaggy right in between that type of area and it's like okay he he's not as pristine looking as he was in revenge of the sith but he's not he's not to the point where it's fully grown out either. And like, there's, there's a little fray off to the right hand side that makes it look almost frazzled. And the beard looks a little fuller cause it's going up his cheekbone a little bit more. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it, it almost looks like he's intentionally letting himself go. Now makeup may trim that up before they start shooting. But if this is an idea of what to look forward to, then yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's to come from, the Kenobi series whenever it does release. Yeah, I feel like this is closer to what we're going to get in the actual series. I think we're going to get a very frazzled Kenobi. I, I think, think he's going to be a very just broken man. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe we'll, that'll be showcased in his hair and his beard. Like, he will just be unkempt. Like, he'll just like look bad, like a like a homeless person because. Yeah. He's just at the end of his rope. Like, you can imagine, after everything he experienced in Arisa Seth, like, he would just be done with life. Like Now, what do you guys think about the the uh, rumors kind of spreading around right now about there being possible Clone Wars flashbacks? There is, because there's, there's the thing about Hayden Christensen possibly showing back up. Yeah. Um, possibly some Clone Wars flashbacks, maybe even Ahsoka showing up. I don't know. I feel like this show is going to be very all over the place in the timeline. We're going to get flashbacks. We're going to get some some like visions. I think I think if Qui Gon's not in this thing and oh, Liam Neeson, I need that. Liam I, that's yes. a huge missed opportunity. I they don't get Liam Neeson, back. Liam Neeson in this series. Yes. I that was like one of my favorite parts of the Mortis trilogy was Qui Gon's appearance there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And if he does not show up as Obi-Wan's spirit guide on Tatooine, that is, like, one of the biggest oh. missed opportunities in movie creation, cinema, TV history. If you can yeah. get Liam Neeson to voice, a, a, you know, voice a, a character on Clone Wars, you can get him to make a, a live-action cameo. Also... It would just be so cool to see a flashback with with Hayden Christensen and and somebody playing Ahsoka just having a conversation. I would love that so much. That would be incredible. I'm here for it. Yeah, we all are. Unfortunately, we're going to be waiting a bit thanks to uh, the Rona. But 
who knows whatever whatever content shows up on the other side of that uh would definitely be a pleasure to see uh dudes unless you have any other thoughts i think i think we're done with this one for tonight i think we've exhausted our resources and i think we made an incredible episode and special thanks again to Joey, even though he's probably in bed by now, um, <laughs> but he made this so much fun. I mean, and getting oh, yeah. his enthusiasm and all this kind of stuff, and um, you know, getting his insights—stuff that I had never heard of—and that's that's what helps. Is because mm. we're a bunch of dummies here. We don't know. We're talking. <laughs> this is all new to us. Speak so it's fun to get an expert, dummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. It was for sure. It was. Um, and Jake, thanks for braving the the late nights. I know Joey's got you know a, a alarm clock in five hours. I'm sure you're not too far behind him. So, yeah, I mean, thankfully right now I'm not exactly employed, so I don't have a, a wake up call like he does. But you know, I'm a human being and I do get tired. Oh, interesting. Oh, he's a he's a human being. I, I didn't know that. I I, I did not. I did <laughs> I'm not. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm a night owl, guys. So it's okay. I I routinely stay up till one or two in the morning anyway. Uh, sometimes I try and get some sleep when I can, but you know, I I don't mind hanging around. Well, it's uh it's always fun getting to do it when it's the three of us. Who knows what things will look like in a couple of months when uh, high school football picks back up and the voice of Colt varsity has got to step aside for a little bit here and there, but we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Speaking of which, if you want to find out more about the stuff that I'm doing outside of IPC, you can find me on social media at Zach, the voice on Twitter and Zach dot the voice on Instagram. But the best place would be to find us at IPC podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And a reminder we have episodes on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and previous episodes published on StarWarsOnTheWorld.com. And the RIPC podcast is now on FandomEmpire.net. So be sure to go check all of that out. And mm-hmm. check the guys out on social media as well. Ben, you haven't made any adjustments to your social media recently, have you? Not really. You can you can find me at Ben Hart with no E when I occasionally post. Um, and you can find uh, my other tweets through uh, Star Wars Underworld at the SWU and Culture Slate at Culture Slate. Been doing a lot on both of those, and most of my posts have been there. So yeah, check them out. Jake, what about you? Where can the folks keep up with what you're doing? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Damon, and you can find me on Instagram at Jake W. Damon, or you can check out my art account at Jexpatch, J-E-X-P-A-T-C-H, and uh, I haven't posted on there in a while, but I am going to probably post something there soon. We'll see. Probably not, though. You know, that's how it goes in my life. That's really to, enticing. But... I am so motivated to go follow that account now. <laughs> You know what? Everybody just do what you want. Don't expect much from me, though. <laughs> oh, man, that's a mood. Don't expect much from me. Oh, I'd put that on a shirt. Right? Speaking of which, we've got some stuff that's been put on a shirt that is headed both of you gentlemen's way. And uh, when it arrives, I really hope that we can do like a, a socially distanced selfie of all of us in our shirts. But uh, Heck yeah. be, sure, be, be sure to be on the lookout for that on our social as well. One of our patrons, Carrie Fleming, actually produced a special shirt that is barbecue-related. And uh, 
once all three of us are in possession of our shirts, we're going to post about it on the socials. So be on the lookout for that and be sure to find us at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. That's where we have our entire library of episodes. And for just $1 a month, you can have access to almost 300 episodes of IPC content. Excellent. Yeah, dudes, this was episode 294. We are just a few short weeks away from the 300th episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. Congrats, guys. Honestly, that is so awesome. And I'm I'm really proud of you guys. Well, I'm, I'm proud of us, too. So... <laughs> lots of lots of pride, lots of love to be shared around, but we're going to have to share some more of that next week. Hopefully Ghostbusters 2, guys, maybe. Hmm, we'll see. I, I am down. I am down. So, uh yeah, we just officially decided that in the last 2 minutes of this episode. <laughs> I I'll be I'll be here by myself if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done that before. It ain't fun. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Episode 294 is now officially complete here on the IPC Podcast. For Joey, Jake, and Ben, I'm Zach. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll tune in next week. But until that time comes around, we're just going to leave you with this closing thought. Without darkness, there can be no light. We hope to light up your week next time right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone.
This man has no dick. <laughs>